Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. And welcome to your April 6th, Monday, April 6th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. Player profiles continue tonight and they will continue with the Flyers goaltender, Carter Hart. Kim Dillabaugh will join us momentarily uh, to talk about Carter Hart, his development from year one to year two how it may be different for goaltenders to come back from the NHL pause should they come back as compared to uh, regular players or skaters, if you will. And uh, we'll talk to Kim Dillabaugh, the Flyers goaltending coach, momentarily. Also, after we talk to Kim Dillabaugh, conversation I was able to have with another one of those Flyers prospects who signed an entry-level contract last week. Uh, Wade Allison will join Flyers daily, so we'll talk to Wade Allison coming up as well. If you missed any of the player profile episodes, you can go back and check them all out. They're all cataloged there for you. We did Scott Lawton, Justin Braun, and Nicholas Albe-Kubel in week one. We did Travis Sanheim, James Van Riemsdyk, and Matt Niskanen last week. Now this week, as I said, Carter Hart in this episode. Wednesday, we'll have Travis Konechny and Friday, Michael Raffle. Then the week after that, Couturier, Robert Haig, and Derek Grant, and so on and so forth as we go through player profiles here, waiting to get the game back on the ice. Now real quick, before we get to Kim Dillaball and our player profile of Carter Hart, uh, Elliot Friedman from Sportsnet, uh, you can find the article on sportsnet.ca. Fried wrote this article Um, about another possibility for when the NHL could return. And he floats the idea, and when he floats an idea, it's because he's heard it. Uh, It says, could North Dakota be an NHL location if the 2019-20 season resumes? Now, the first part of that, the the headline, I don't know if he, when he says resumes, if he means the regular season or that's where they would have the playoffs because it's a, a smaller location. They can control things a lot better. It doesn't sound like there would be fans there. The University of North Dakota is there, so good facilities. Could all the teams go out there just maybe for 10 days and you know 12 days, two weeks, and finish the regular season and then uh, pick it up with the playoffs? Now, if they can't play in arenas with fans, maybe they would have the playoffs there. I know he also, uh, Elliot has also floated the idea of Saskatchewan, um, some of these places that the COVID-19 virus is not hit as ha- has not hit as hard as obviously places in the United States. I mean, the logical location, all thing you know, in the perfect world, will be to have it at home. But if you're going to have a consolidated uh, finish of the regular season or playoffs and do it in one location, a great place to do it would be New York, oddly enough, because you have Madison Square Garden, you have the Barclays Center, you have uh, Nassau County Coliseum on on Long Island, and you also have the Prudential Center, all right there in that same. Pretty, pretty much geographic area, but that's probably not going to be the best place to do it if that were to be uh, how it plays out. But we'll see. Um, a couple of big weeks coming up here as far as us just fighting this virus. Nope, everybody's staying at home and heeding the me- medical experts' advice. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll see if this thing and if they're able to get a, a, you know, a hand up on this uh, coronavirus situation when the NHL comes back when the NBA comes back, Major League Baseball gets to the start, and we'll see how it affects all of those sports, not to mention football with their offseason program draft coming up in uh, just about a week and a half as well. Uh, but it is player profiles time. And again, you can go back and listen to all the player profiles that we've already done and uh, perhaps you missed. Now, Carter is not on this episode, his player profile episode, but I will be talking to Carter Hart later this week. I expect him to either be on Wednesday's episode or Friday. If you follow me on Twitter, at Jason Mert, I'll put it out there. Uh, but Carter's going to be on one of the episodes this week, and it looks like now going forward, we're going to be able to have uh, the player who is 
the subject of that week, that day's player profile, check in with us as well. Uh, so I got Kim Dillabaugh for this episode on Carter Hart, but we'll talk to Carter later this week. Now, Carter, obviously, in his second year in the NHL, he played 31 games in his rookie year. We know that uh, he got hurt at one point right around uh, right around the stadium series, right around mid-Jan or mid-February. Uh, but in his uh, rookie year, 31 games played, a 2.83 goals against average, and a 9.17 save percentage. And actually, it's odd because last year he was better on the road than he was at home. And then this year, we know about the struggles on the road. He's played in 43 games this year. He has uh, a 2.42 goals against average and a 9.14 save percentage. And I think a lot of that is just due to the fact that he had some struggles early in the season on the road, some games that got away from him. Um, not only him, but uh, the, his teammates as well. His record at home in 25 games played is 23 and two. So 20 wins, three losses in regulation, and two overtime or shootout losses. And he's got a 9.43 save percentage at home with a 1.63 goals against average. And then on the road, he has a record of 14, 10, and one. Uh, his numbers uh, are, you know. Are not like they are at home, obviously. 857 save percentage and a 381 goals against average. But of late, um, really in the second half of the season on the road, he's been just as good. Now he's been maybe shielded a little bit from Elaine Vigno uh, and playing on the road when there's a back to back situation. And one of those games uh, later on in the season here was at home. Then Carter would get the home game and Brian Elliott would get the road game. It's the luxury you have when you have two good goaltenders. And Elliott's been around for so long. Um, no situation is going to really phase him uh, in a way that's going to negatively impact his ability to give them a good start. And he did that down the stretch as well. And when you look at the kind of like the last five games that Carter played before uh, the Boston game, which was where the, the last game they played on March 10th, uh, Carter really had been playing great, playing his best hockey. And one of the things that was really impressive to me is that when he came back from that lower core injury, sometimes it's going to take goalies a little while to come back from that. You know, come in and, and not really feel comfortable. You're breaking down scar tissue, or it just the, the area is not as strong as it was, or as strong as you're used to it being. Boy, he didn't miss a beat. He came back even better than uh, before the injury. So tremendous stuff out of Carter Hart. So let's get right to it. Kim Dillabaugh, Flyers goalie coach. He was the fly, the goaltending coach out in uh, Los Angeles with the Kings, along with Bill Ranford, and had a chance to work with Jonathan Quick, who. Uh, tremendous, tremendous goaltender, and, and uh, Kim Dillabaugh was there in his prime when he was winning those two cups in those years, and Con Smythe, and was just one of the most dominant goaltenders in the NHL. Now he's with Carter Hart, been with him a couple of years, and been with the Flyers even longer. So Kim Dillabaugh, here's my conversation with the Flyers goaltending coach on Carter Hart's Player Profile episode. And joining us right now, Player Profiles continuing, the, the Player Profile of goaltender Carter Hart, and what better man to talk to than the goalie coach of the Philadelphia Flyers, Kim Dillabaugh, joins us on Flyers Daily. Kim, how you doing? How you making out? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Um, how's the you know the pandemic kind of affected you? Bunkering down, and uh, are you climbing the walls just yet? Because I know you know as a coach, you're going 100 miles an hour, and then all of a sudden, boom, they lock up the brakes on you, and you, you stop the season and the pause, and everything going on in the world is pretty crazy, but still pretty tough to deal with. Yeah, it is. It's obviously been a, a change of pace uh, for everybody in society. So, um, like you said, when the season's going on, uh, you got a lot of things on a daily basis that keep you going, and, and days just kind of run into each other. And um, your schedule obviously is quite hectic. But uh, you know what? Uh, it gives us a little extra time to spend with our family, and, and that's something obviously you always take advantage of when you have it. And 
Uh, I have two younger kids, so uh, they definitely keep me busy throughout the day. So it uh, it hasn't brought everything to a screeching halt on that front. But um, we're we're doing our part. We're trying to uh, follow the directives here of uh, of the health officials, and um, you know uh, keep uh, keep ourselves uh, isolated from society, and, and hopefully uh, do our part here to help uh, you know flatten this curve and and get everybody back to some form of normalcy. Are you finding the same thing that I'm finding that being a school teacher is very difficult? I have three kids. I can't even teach them math. Very very much so. I mean, my daughter's in grade three and, uh, you know, I I never, I never thought grade three was that difficult. So it's nice to have resources uh, (laughs) uh, like the internet to, uh, to help, uh, help you help her. Yeah, I try and uh, figure out the math stuff and I get the answer on the internet and then I try and reverse engineer it to teach it and I still stink. I know like goals against average and save percentage and goals saved above average. Beyond that, I'm no good at math. (laughs) I'm finding that out. Yeah, those formulas come a little easier to me as well. (laughs) Well, Kim, uh, it's the player profile of uh, Carter Hart. First of all, uh, during the pause, have, have you had much communication with Carter, your goalies in general and Brian Elliott? Or uh, you guys just kind of uh, hunkering down? No, no, we've been in touch. You know, just uh, you know, just making sure they're doing well and they're they're safe. Their families are safe. They're feeling uh, they're feeling well, and, and just uh, and making sure everybody in their world and and obviously them are are uh, are doing well. So definitely talk to to both guys a couple of times here uh, to see how they're doing, how they're managing, how they're finding a way to keep busy throughout the day and. Um, you know, they're, they're both doing well, which is great. Obviously that's the, the most important thing. And, um, they're trying to do whatever they can to, um, to help, uh, you know, uh, flatten the curve and, and, uh, you know, do their, uh, whatever they can to help, uh, um, get this, get our, everybody back to a normal daily routine, but, um, also trying to stay, uh, you know, stay in shape and, uh, we're all hopeful, obviously, uh, you know, when the time comes and, and we're given the green light, we can get back to competing on the ice. You got a nice dichotomy with your two goaltenders with Brian Elliott, 33 year old veteran. He's seen it all and a, a young phenom in Carter Hart, but the kid uh, is so mature beyond his year. You know, a lot of times when you look at a situation where you lose control as a coach and you worry a little bit, but with, with the maturity of Carter Hart and his focus and, drive you probably don't worry about that too much do you no i mean uh like we spoke about before uh obviously carter's got a great network of people a uh, great family um that he's utilized over the course of his his young career to help him um you know become what he is here today so he's obviously uh advanced uh beyond his years when it comes to certain things and um, obviously that's helped him grow into the goaltender we see here today. And, and obviously I think we're just kind of scratching the surface, uh, when it comes to what, uh, you know, what we can see down the road here as he continues to evolve and develop. So, um, like you say, you know, he, he knows what it takes to, to be successful. He knows the little things to do, uh, on and off the ice to look after himself the right way. So, uh, when it comes time to perform, um, he's done all that leg work and put himself in a real good situation to go out and perform at a high level. And one of the variables of of the pandemic, 
for, for the athletes and professional athletes is there's an unknown of when you're going to return. And there's been, you know, some uh, conjecture out there coming from the deputy commissioner, Bill Daly and, and Gary Bettman, and, and a lot of reporting to, to the effect that maybe they do come back. And if it does get pushed all the way to July and August and a short turnaround to another 82 game schedule, um, those kind of things. So, uh, you, you know, our players, are you encouraging the goaltenders or the coaching staff encouraging players to almost treat this like an off season right now, uh, not knowing when you're going to come back and use this as a time to decompress mentally, physically, emotionally, and all of those things? Uh, yeah, to, I think to a certain extent, for sure. I mean, obviously, it's uh, there's so much uncertainty right now as to what's going to happen. And each day, I think things are changing and evolving. And um, we really don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. And obviously, first and foremost, you, you worry about just society in general and everybody's health and well-being that's at the forefront. Obviously, the game takes a backseat in a situation like this. But um, again, uh, you know, they have to do what they need to do uh, on a daily basis to, you know, to stay healthy and, and make sure they're keeping themselves both physically and mentally uh, sharp. So when we do uh, hopefully get called back to resume things, um, obviously there's going to be a, a period there where we got to get ourselves back up to speed, but, um, the little things they do now obviously are going to help, um, you know, help when, when we do, uh, when we do reconvene, help them, uh, hit the ground running and, and obviously, uh, hopefully pick up where we left off. You want to kind of almost, you know, have them back away from the game in a way at this period of time, but is either guy, were they looking at video or anything like that at, at this time? I don't, I don't know how much Carter is a video guy or, or Brian Elliott is. Some goalies love a ton of video. Other goalies don't like much at all um, in regards to opposition or even maybe in, in themselves. But uh, any guys uh, requesting video to, to download and, and kind of uh, break down a little bit? Uh, no, not, not, not till this point. Um, you know, our guys uh, have a, access to all their video uh you know it's on demand for them so if they want to go back and review things they can so uh if there's anything else in addition to what's currently there that they want then obviously we can get that put together for them but you know what right now i think because we really don't have a, a time frame on what's going to happen um you know for them it's, it's about stepping back a little bit and and just making sure they are, you know, decompressing to a certain extent. But we have to remember, too, I mean, you know, our, our season hasn't come to an end. It's been put on pause. So, obviously, that pause can, um, you know, can come off, um, I wouldn't say at any time, but obviously we're hopeful at some time. So, um, they want to make sure, too, that they're doing the little things uh, on a daily basis. And it's, you know, it's uh, every guy's going to be a little bit different in what they want. You got to, uh, you know, uh, Carter being 21 and, and Brian being 33. So, They've obviously are different uh, uh, junctures of their of their careers. So, like you say, some guys uh, covet more in, in one area, and some guys don't. So, um, you try and give them a little bit of, of guidance, but also allow them to work with uh, what they've done in the past and and what um, their preferences in those situations to make sure they're staying uh, as sharp as possible. This is a really obviously unique situation. We hope it's once in a lifetime. All of us do. Uh, but Kim, coming back up from something like this, if, if that is to happen and, and we do get a date and there's whatever, a mini training camp or, or that kind of thing, um, where's the difference for goalies coming back from a pause like this uh, that's maybe different for a player? I know you've never gone through it. None of us have. Um, but is there a difference for the goaltender because uh, coming back from a, a 
kind of a prolonged uh, pause like this than it is for a player? I, I, I don't think so. I, I think it's, I think it's going to be the same for any positional player coming back off it. I mean, there's, you know, from a, a goaltender standpoint, obviously, you know, you hear goaltenders talk about just if they haven't been in the net in a while, if, if it's your number two guy that, you know, you, you don't see that consistent game action uh, to get yourself into a, real, a little bit of a rhythm or flow or get some reads that you can't uh, recreate in, in a practice environment. So, but I think that's, that's the same for every position, maybe, um, a little bit more impactful for a goaltender, um, but I think it's no different for a forward and defense when there's certain reads and, and situations that you can't recreate in practice either. So uh, I think we're all going to kind of start uh, on the same footing that way. But again, I think going back, looking at some different um, video, watching yourself in certain situations, paying attention to um, more of the, the read and, and um, the hockey sense side of things, not just from a structural or technical uh, standpoint, if you're doing something a certain way, but trying to look at some of the other finer details to, um, you know, maybe just refresh yourself uh, in terms of that, uh, that mental or hockey sense or read anticipate uh, from that standpoint. uh, Hopefully that is something obviously that um, can help once we, uh, you know, once it's time to get uh, back on the ice. What, uh, when you guys, if you do come back uh, and you have a, a mini training camp, say 10 days, 14 days, uh, for you as the goalie coach uh, with a guy like Carter, is, is it more incumbent for you to do, you know, kind of do flow drills with the team with him? Or do you want more technical work working with him before and after a practice or maybe even bringing a practice goalie so he can work on, you know, just ten- technical integrations and those kind of things? I think it's a little bit of both. You know, I mm-hmm. think there's obviously – um, you know, some foundational issues that right away you want to make sure are, are focused on and, and um, you know, you're reinforcing some of those key components because the rest of your game is built off those foundational points. So obviously you want to kind of start there. And, and I think, you know, it's, it's almost like coming out of the summer, you do a lot of, you can, you can uh, dive into a goaltender's game and work on different things in a goaltender's game throughout the summer. Um, to get uh, uh, a level of comfort and some familiarity with maybe some adjustments or changes. Um, but once training camp starts, you know, you're back to the, the building blocks, you're back to the foundational issues to make sure they're solidified. And then everything else obviously um, is, is going to um, stem from, from that strong base that you've uh, reconstructed uh, going into the season. So I think it's a, an approach like that. Um, you know, again, we, we have a certain setup that we like to use um, throughout the course of the season. A lot of it's obviously based and dictated on schedule, but we do have a, a pretty firm routine that we like to follow. Um, but obviously, like you said, this is a unique situation. So we might have to change and adapt uh, once we get packed, as, depending on what kind of timeline we're given to start playing hockey games again. When you talk about the foundational aspects uh, of a guy like Carter Hart, we know that he's so far beyond his years, you know, mentally and his maturity. And he's also uh, a kid that uh, his technical abilities, uh, his game is really built on that. And and the precise technical movements for which he's capable of it as a 21-year-old. Um, when you look back at this season, as we kind of profiled this past season with him, uh, the disparity in road and home, it, it's been maybe overblown a bit. Uh, but did you see any element of technical differences between home and road and maybe just the comfortability factor? No, none. No, no. Um, and I know people want to bring focus to that, but that's not something really that um, 
you know, uh, we, you know, have discussed or something we look at. It's, and uh, we've talked about this before where Carter's approach, uh, our approach, uh, whether it's Carter or Brian, it's, it's about today. It's about what's in front of us today, what we need to do today um, to give ourselves, um, you know, the, the edge or prepare ourselves the right way for our next uh, task. So if it's a practice day, it's about getting quality repetition or identifying areas that we need to put a little bit more focus on. Um, and, and that's what our focus is. We don't look at uh, things too far down the road. And, um, you know, so it's, again, you know, and I, I know Carter said it, and, and from my standpoint, we approach things the same way, whether we're at home or on the road. Um, you know, what you do, obviously, there's, you know, when you're on the road, you have um, you're staying in hotels, and you're doing things a little bit differently that way, but in terms of how you prepare for the game and what you do in terms of your preparation to go out and play, nothing changes. So um, that's the approach we've taken all season, and, and that's the approach we'll, we'll continue to take uh, moving forward. Yeah, geography should not affect the rigidity of your prepar- uh, preparation in any way. And, and we know how rigid Carter is in his preparation uh, for each game and each element of his game day. Um, Kim, a 914 save percentage, and you consider those struggles that he did have on the road, uh, to beat at that point, you know, if, if you extrapolate basically the starting goalies in the, in the NHL, 35 games plus, uh, he's tied for 11th with that save percentage. Uh, and when you consider where things maybe started this year for him on the road, that, that's pretty impressive. He's really come on. And I want to ask you about the fact that he came back from injury. And a lot of times a goalie comes back from injury, and it's going to take a little while. Well, he's been sensational coming back from the injury, uh, the core injury. Um, and, and, and to me, that's a little bit of a rarity. Yeah, well, the one thing I think everybody knows about Carter is he's an he's a extremely high-level competitor. So for him not to be on the ice, being able to compete daily and, and be out there with his teammates and have a chance to win hockey games, um, you know, he he just loves to be out there competing that it just eats at him when he's not able to do that. So, um, you know, and again, and he's a guy that, you know, has a routine and he's very diligent doing things the right way. So, um, you know, when we went through the process of, of him getting healthy from his injury and then starting to work him back into um, getting ready to play games, you know, we're obviously we, we make sure we're very thorough in how we, uh, you know, test uh, that area to make sure he's not limited or has any type of discomfort to play the game the way we need him to play and he needs to play to have success. So very, being very thorough, walking through every different scenario we can construct to make sure his body and his mind is being able to react and respond the right way without hesitation, without concern. Um, I think that's a big thing coming off an injury for any athlete is you got to feel comfortable. You can go out and do, um, you know, your job the way it needs to be done in certain situations without any type of hesitation. So that's a, a big step there. And then again, it's, it's um, you know, a guy that has really good habits um, that have been built over a lot of years. And again, putting your mind in the right uh, state to go out there. And uh, you hear Carter say it a lot. It's, you know, it's, it's the same ice surface, it's the same pocket, it's the same everything. So he yeah. goes out and approaches it and not thinking about how much time he's missed. He's just going and worrying about doing his job and, and stopping the next puck that comes his way. It's, it's one of the most impressive things about Carter is his uh, mental strength in a way and, and that, kind, that element of his game. Uh, Kim, a lot of times when you can see early in a game whether a goalie feels good, doesn't feel good, or – you know, his depth it could be one of those factors you go, okay, he's maybe not feeling confident or is, is there any telltale signs to you 
when you know he may need a pep talk or you know to to say you know just you know your depth's a little deep or or those kind of things anything that sticks out in your mind uh you know not not really i mean there's always areas of his game that we're we're trying to evolve and improve and and build uh more consistency in and and you know the, that'll never change i think there's always until you're stopping every single puck there's room to grow and and, and work to be done that's the mindset that we have, you know, not, not just Carter. It's, it's kind of our, you know, uh, our goaltending uh, component of our organization. You know, we want guys always, whether you're in the league for, uh, for one year or you've been in the league for 15 years, there's always things to work on in your game. There's always um, areas to polish and refine and get better at. So, um, you know, uh, the biggest thing we talk about in certain situations, uh, you know, is it shouldn't matter if, if the first shot goes in or the last shot goes in, you know, it shouldn't affect how you approach the game. So, you know, if you're seeing um, something early because he's given up uh, an early goal or a rebound or something that obviously maybe is a little bit out of character for him, then, you know, you kind of watch how it might evolve. But again, it's, it's one play and it, it shouldn't affect you going forward. And again, that comes down to that mental fortitude you talked about. It, it really doesn't matter. You know, your, your job is about what's upcoming, not what just happened. So if you let that start to affect you, then it'll snowball on you. So um, again, if, if we're going in with that right mindset about worrying about the next play, the next sequence, um, you know, we shouldn't have any issues with, with things like that. Self-awareness for a goaltender is, is paramount as well. And, um, I remember talking to him, maybe this was late last year, uh, that he went to a slightly shorter paddle because he, he was aware that he was giving up some goals in the six hole, which is the blocker uh, side. And, you know, he wanted a slightly shorter paddle to keep that arm a little tighter to his body. Um, and having that relationship with your goaltenders as a goalie coach is is huge for, for them to have that self-awareness um, to, to improve their game as well, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's, it's trust, you know, they're right? They're the ones on the ice. Yeah, it, it's it, big time. It's trust. And, you know, the, the other thing, too, is, is you know, part of uh, the development process that I, you know, have, have, you know, in my time through Los Angeles, uh, working with Billy Ranford and um, the goalies we had come through there is, is really the goalie is, is, you know, the goalie's their own best goalie coach. They're the ones out there performing uh, on a nightly basis. And they're the ones that have to um, really study their game, too, and know where some breakdowns might occur. I mean, we have us as goalie coaches, external sets of eyes, uh, we're, you know, resources to talk about things, but it's not a, it's not a one-way dictatorship where we're just telling these guys what to do and how to do it. You know, every guy's unique. Every guy has their own personality attached to their game. So you, there's certain things there that they might be feeling that you're not seeing. So to have that dialogue back and forth is extremely important. And sometimes it's about asking them what they're feeling. And, you know, sometimes when they're forced to break their own game down, they come across something maybe that they didn't put too much thought in. And then we talk about that a little more in depth and we come up with a solution. So it's very, very important for them um, to be aware of what their game, where their game's at, maybe some areas that aren't where they need to be. And, um, you know, for them to find solutions as well. They can't have that crutch in a game. They have to find um, ways to get through some adversity in game. Um, I can't radio down to him in the net telling him, you know, to be a little better here or there and, and nor does he want me to trust me. So, um, enough going uh, on in their head. You know, I, yeah. And that's, you know, and that's part about evolving, you know, I don't want uh, our goalies to be too reliant on me 
they need to be relying on themselves. I'm a resource for them. I'm the support system. Uh, I'm going to be their harshest critic at times, but they should want that. They should want me um, to identify areas of the game that I feel need to get better. And then we work together to, to again, correct those areas and keep uh, evolving and developing their game. Yeah, you got to find the right solution. I mean, you have two goaltenders with such contrasting styles. I don't know that you'll find a goalie in the league. Well, maybe you will because you had him in Los Angeles and quick, but that gets lower and wider than Brian Elliott. And then uh, Carter, uh, a slightly different approach in his setup. Uh, uh, You know, going into year two with Carter as a goalie coach, you know, you look at different areas and you see trends. You go, okay, if if he's getting the glove side high a lot, maybe we need to get that glove a little higher at the NHL level, or maybe we need to get his depth or a little wider in his stance. Anything stick out to you, tweaks that – um, you know, you try out and some, you know, sometimes you're intended to, to do the right thing, but it just doesn't work out. Goalie doesn't feel comfortable in that way. And you got to find another way to cover that kind of hole. Yeah. You know, we're, we're constantly studying the, the position, um, studying what different goaltenders do and trying to figure out why. And um, Sometimes a, a goaltender, like you said, getting beat in a certain area or off a certain attack sequence, you're looking at it and saying, okay, why, where's the breakdown? Sometimes, it's just, you know, the the opposing team making good plays in those situations. And really, if you look at it, he's not doing anything that's um, way off that's resulting in him constantly getting beat. So there's a lot of different ways to look at it that way. I mean, you know, again, as, as much as we, um, you know, we talk about work Carter's games at, like I said before, you know, and, and I, I hope he would echo the same thing as, there's always room to improve. There's always areas that we want to get better at. We've added some elements to his game since he's come into our organization. Not really that have changed what he currently did, but more more so that have built on what he currently has in place. And again, part of the process too, when you're taking a goaltender from junior or minor pro and bringing them to the NHL level is is helping them transition their game to this level. So um, situations that um, they might be able to get away using a certain uh, save choice or selection or playing a certain depth or uh, competing to find a sight line through traffic might not work at the NHL level consistently like it did in those lower levels. So now you got to find what does work a little bit more consistently and how we can become better in those areas at the NHL level. Um, so that to me really is a, is a big stepping stone for a lot of young players coming into the league is how do we transition their game to that highest level being the NHL level uh, without reinventing their game. You know, it's interesting because uh, I was at a bunch of practices and where you were working with Brian Elliott before practice and Carter was out there, I, I saw him working on this. I would call it a desperation save move. It's almost a butterfly slide to each side and hands forward as you're kind of falling to your belly. I see him working on this a couple of times, Kim, and then all of a sudden I see an about three games in a row, I see this save implemented and making great saves. First of all, what the heck is that called? <laughs> I, I'm a, I like to fancy myself as being pretty educated, but I don't know what that would be called. <laughs> and uh, then yeah. I see it, and, and I see it working. I'm going, oh, you know what? And the hands forward's the key, probably, because you cut angle. So you have a name for that? <laughs> is it the octopus yeah, or something? Well- no, no, that would be, you know, definitely uh, a name that we can consider uh, making in there for sure. But no, it's, uh, like I said, that's, that's something that, um, you know, we've, we kind of worked on with Carter and kind of added to his toolbox there a few years back. And it's, uh, it's been a gradual build into his game. And, uh, you know, we call it a spread, you know, basically in situations where you need to adjust your coverage based on the changing dynamics of a play. So you want to 
prioritize uh, stealing the low part of the set and still being responsible for bucks up high. And like you say, being a little forward, so you have um, you're, you're taking away some of that upward trajectory and some of those release points, and still have control of your body and your hands in that situation again while sealing the low part of the net. So, um, you know, it's used in certain situations, and um, like you said, it's it, there's a lot of technique that's involved with it. It's not just a, a desperation or erratic um, save. It's something that there's there's a lot of uh, structural breakdown to how we like it to be executed so it's done the right way and it's effective and you know carter's worked hard at it he's a he's a guy like i said at the at the junior level and uh, didn't really have to rely on something like that because of the other tools that he possessed so but once you get to the nhl level where um, you're dealing with a different caliber of player and skill level and speed and all those other elements um sometimes you need something else to help you in some of those situations um, you know, like you can't control a puck hitting off a shin pad, bouncing to someone on the back door and boom, it's on net. You have to make an instinctual read and an instinctual response and you got to have the right tools to be able to um, compensate for that particular play. So, um, you know, again, it's, it's something that um, at first, I'm not sure, um, you know, he, he was a huge fan of it. And I think as it's grown and evolved in his game, it's, be, it's become a, a, another uh, important add uh, to a current, uh, to a, his current base, uh, you know, that he possesses. It's just like having another tool in your toolbox and I don't watch him do the drill and I'm by himself and I'm going, you know what, the, there's is obviously technique here because it looks exactly the same every time he does the drill. So there there's, you know, precision points in that execution that, um, that, that I was noticing. And I'm just going, man, this is, and, and I go, well, you know, what? I've maybe gone down a, a, a rabbit hole or two, you know, at night and watch Jonathan quick highlights. And boy, I see a lot of that there. <laughs> it was very quick ask. <laughs> so I'm yeah, going, I'm, yeah. you're going to pick something yeah, from him, pick the stuff that works. <laughs> yeah. And he's another guy that, I mean, you know, we, we all know Jonathan quick, uh, you know, anyone obviously that, that watches the position close and um, we all know he's a very athletic guy, but again, you know, he was a guy that, you know, had a different response in some of those situations. And that was something that really was a positive add to his game as well. So, you know, again, it's, uh, you know, you want guys with any, anything that you do and you know, this, any, um, you know, any, the, the position evolves, the game evolves. And, and sometimes you, you see some of these um, saves being used in situations that they shouldn't be used in. And that's the key is making sure you have that a well-rounded balance and you're using the right save in the right situation uh, at the right time. Yeah. You can live by, uh, by your technical abilities, but you can also die by them if you're not uh, amenable to changing because of the situation and the attack. Hey, Kim, I, I always love talking to you. You know that um, I love the position. I love for people to get insight because to me, the, the game of hockey is, is really simple. It's trying to score goals and trying to prevent goals. And there's no other position that's more responsible for both of those things than the goaltender position. So I love the insight that you bring to the listeners. And I really appreciate you joining us here on Flyers Daily. A little player profile of uh, Carter Hart. And he's developing great, man. You're doing a great job with him. And uh, uh, we can't wait to get this game back on the ice. I want you to stay healthy and stay safe and your family as well. And we'll get back out there soon enough. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me. And, uh, and the same to you. Hopefully, uh, you guys stay safe and take care, and uh, everyone else out there does as well. Very special thanks to Kim Dillabaugh for uh, taking the time and giving me about a half hour. I mean, I could talk goaltending until the cows go home. You all know that. Um, but great insight on Carter Hart and you know, dealing with a young goaltender, a 21-year-old goaltender in the NHL. 
uh, is, is probably a lot different than maybe something that Kim's used to because a lot of times goaltenders don't get to the NHL until they're 24, yeah, maybe 23, 23, 24, 25 years old. Uh, Carter got there when he was 20, 21 now, just turned uh, 21 on August 13th. So, uh, you know, he's a young guy, um, but very uh, susceptible and very accepting of coaching, Carter is. And Kim Dillabaugh, um, it's a fine line that goalie coaches walk because you want to tweak their game to make it better, but you don't want to take away the elements that make them great, if that makes any sense. You can talk about approach or, you know, uh, the way you position yourself in the net, how wide you are, how forward your hands are, how high or low your, your, your trapper is. All those things can be moved around, but sometimes when you move something too, the goalie's rhythm is off because if the glove is slightly higher, you're not used to holding it there. It feels unnatural, and your whole body feels unnatural as a byproduct of that. But great stuff from Kim Dillabaugh. Now, one of the things, and we talked to Chuck Fletcher last Monday on Flyers Fix. If you haven't heard that, you can go back and listen to it, Flyers Fix Episode 5. Uh, we had a nice long conversation with Chuck Fletcher. Um, but over the over the pause, he has signed three players. He signed Tanner Lysinski, who was playing at Ohio State. He signed uh, Wyatt Wiley, who was playing for the Everett Silvertips, Carter Hart's former team uh, out there in Everett, Washington. And he also signed this guy. And it's Wade Allison, who just finished up his collegiate career at Western Michigan. Here's my conversation with Wade Allison. I'd like to welcome to Flyers Daily right now one of the recent signees, the most recent signee of a entry-level contract. Wade Allison joins us right now. Wade, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. I appreciate you having me. Oh, man. It's, it, I know it's a, a weird time right now with the pandemic going on, you know, your college career coming to an end. Um, but it's got to feel pretty good uh, to put pen to paper uh, and sign that first NHL that first pro contract, uh, what was that moment like for you as you as you put the pen to paper and, and realized that's the next step of this journey? Yeah, I mean, it was it was awesome. I mean, that's something you dream of as a kid. So for me to be able to do that is uh, is pretty special. You know, definitely something I'll remember for the rest of my life. It, you've been through it the past couple of years. A lot of people thought maybe you would have signed that contract a couple of years ago. I talked to Chuck Fletcher yesterday, and, and he actually alluded to that as well. Uh, but you had to deal with some injuries. And did you ever kind of waver in your belief that that day would come and, and you'd be signing that contract? Uh, no, not at all. Um, for me, it was just uh, I've got to be able to be at my best and it, for me to give them my best, you know what I mean? Um, I, can't, uh, I can't only be at 75% and be like, hey, this is the best I've got. And you only get one chance at a first impression. And so I want my first impression to be a good one. And so it was something that uh, injuries happen, you know, it's uh, it's part of the game. You got to keep grinding through them, um, keep working hard, keep looking forward. And uh, I, I, I knew they weren't going to last forever. You know, um, it's just something you kind of go through for for a period there. So uh, hopefully I'm hopefully I'm past uh, the majority of my injuries and I can just focus on playing hockey now. Well, let me ask you, let me take you back to when you were drafted. You were taken in the 2016 NHL entry draft, 52 overall uh, in the second round by the Flyers. Um, what was that moment like? You know, because that's the one, you know, when you get that call and then you find out that you've been drafted, all that hard work, all the early mornings as a, a might squirt peewee and, you know, playing and, and putting in the time to the, when you get to be around a band, I mean, you start taking it real serious and working out. What was that moment like when, that, when you found out that the Flyers select you in the entry draft? That was really cool because uh, up until then, you know, I'd put it, I'd been playing hockey for 14 years and that, that had been the best news I'd ever received. Um, so, I mean, that was, that was for sure. One of the, one of the cooler moments of my life. 
growing up in, in Manitoba, hockey's obviously very prevalent in the area. Uh, when did you know that, you know, you might be a, a guy that is a special hockey player that could make a career out of this and, and then, you know, make this your living uh, for the first, you know, part of your adult life? When did you kind of say, okay, I, I'm a little different than everybody else and I'm, a, I'm an elite player? Um, I, I don't know. I can't, I can't tell you when that happened. I, I have no idea. I kind of just knew that this was something I loved every day, something I loved doing something that I want to do for the rest of my life. So it was something that I was going to give a hundred percent of my effort every time, uh, every time I step out there, just, you know, it's something I really truly love and it's just something I really enjoy doing. So it's something I, I want to do for the rest of my life. Is hockey in the Allison family blood is, uh, did dad play any brothers or, you know, like that, you know, where it's kind of captured the entire family. Yeah, it is. It's uh, my grandpa played, my dad played, my brother plays, my sister plays. Um, <laughs> everybody, the dog, <laughs> and, uh, some, and yeah, we even get my mom out there on the back air drink sometimes. So it's uh, it's a lot of fun. We we have a good time with it. Is it still cold enough? I know you're in Manitoba now. You're you know when the college season ended abruptly and and everything. Is it cold enough in Manitoba right now to have the backyard rink up? Uh, it would have been a couple of weeks ago, but uh, it's got real warm here, so uh, everything's melted. Um, we still got a little bit of snow left, but there's just a ton of water laying around. It's a lot of slush. All right, r- relative speaking, it's real cold there. What, what's the temperature in Manitoba today? <laughs> uh, today, it's today. It's not bad. Today, it's probably 35, 40 degrees. So we'll definitely, definitely take that. That's, that's better than the usual minus 30. So. Oh man, brutal! That 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 is good Canadian weather right there. Uh, Wade, the, the four oh, yeah. years at Western Michigan, um, you know, you you go the full four years, and and you said it. You know, you only get one chance to make your first impression as a pro. Was being there for that full full year, four years, you know, something that really sets the table for you now at this point in your career to jump in and really be ready physically, mentally, your game, and all that for the pro game. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm 22 years old now, so I'm. I'm more mature um, physically, mentally. I'm uh, had some experience with with adversity, you know, and how to handle it and what to do, and and just keep push, keep pushing forward and keep moving. And uh, so I, I really think it was good for me to stay for the four years. I think uh, I think I learned a lot of things um, in my time there that that I wouldn't have wouldn't have got if I would have left early, you know. So I, I I'm glad I did my four years. I'm glad I did my time there. I think it was very beneficial for me. Why you played the USHL as well for the Tri City Storm uh, for two seasons? Uh, why was the collegiate route the route for you? Did you did you have options to play in junior and uh, you know how did that kind of play out for you? Yeah, I uh, I could have played in the dub there, but uh, I don't know, just just something felt right about going to the US. You know, um, it's something that even even now if I could look back and and change it I, I wouldn't you know I'd do the exact same thing even after all the injuries and stuff that's uh I, I had an absolute blast and I'd uh, I'd do it again in a heartbeat um talking about playing for you're a guy that your game matches the DNA or the identity of the Flyers of Philadelphia what do you know about the Flyers uh in your years from sort of afar and the city of Philadelphia and you know the kind of the kind of people uh, in this city, they like players like you. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's obviously the uh, the Broad Street Bullies. I think everybody knows that. Um, that's that's the that's the trade. I guess that's the name. Um, it's uh yeah. I mean they're a hardworking team. They got some skilled players, and I know it's a hardworking blue collar city. 
And uh, I, I think that matches up with the way I grew up as well, too. You know, I, I love everything about it. And I, I would love to, I'd love to say I blend in there and hopefully one day I well, the fans in this city will certainly like the style of play that you bring. Um, one of the traits of your game is, is you got a big, heavy shot. How'd you develop the shot? The, you know, Sidney Crosby's been uh, mentioned as shooting into the dryer for years. Uh, what were you shooting into, and, and how many garage doors or walls did you destroy in the house? <laughs> uh, plywood in the basement. I can't tell you how many times I got yelled at for putting holes in the plywood downstairs, but uh, it never stopped me. I just kept firing. Um, so, Wade, um, you know, you're going to be coming in at some point for training camp and with the pandemic going on, how, how, are you, how are you training right now and how will you train as you get ready for your first training camp, whenever that might be? Uh, right now, I'm just, uh, I'm just on the farm, so I'm helping my dad out a bunch with the farm. So it's, it's small work there, and then I uh, work out every day in the basement. I got some free weights, and I got, uh, got a couple machines down here and stuff like that. I shoot some pucks in the basement and get out a hop on the bike, and I go for a couple uh, few miles here and there, and I get out for a run and just try to keep myself active right now. Not, uh, not doing too much, just trying to stay in shape, but yet uh, get my time away from hockey so that when it does come back, I'm – I'm really motivated and fired up and can really get after it. Social distancing, not a problem where you're from in Manitoba, is it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not at all. I said that's the only option you get. Um, talk about, you know, when you're, when you're coming into camp and, and, you know, getting to, 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 to battle for a spot, what is uh, Chuck Fletcher and, you know, the Flyers organization, uh, you know, the front office said to you about what they want you to work on coming into your pro career? Um, obviously the, the typical bigger, faster, stronger, um, play with detail, move my feet, uh, things like that. You know, this isn't, uh, this isn't college anymore. Uh, this is, you're playing against men who are fighting over there to provide their family, provide for their family. So, uh, so it's going to be a challenge and, uh, I'm, uh, I'm really excited for it. I'm, uh, I'm ready for it and I'm, I'm ready to come in and, and try to earn a spot. Is there anybody that you've kind of leaned on for counsel that you talked to uh, that went through it or is going through it? And you kind of said, Hey, well, you know, what should I expect here? You know um, you know, to, to get some insight uh, on what it's going to be like to make that jump from the collegiate game. And as you said, you're playing with men, the best players in the world now. And uh, it's uh, you know, they're at all different ages, sizes and everything. Yeah. I mean, that's a, uh, that's a conversation I'm going to have with a few guys this summer. I uh, have a few guys in mind who I want to talk to who have, who have previously made the jump and they know what it's like and they know how to, how to go about it every day. So it's uh, I'll for sure have a good couple conversations this summer and really learn what, uh, what has to be done and what's expected every day. Wade, um, I, I saw the picture of you signing, the, signing your contract and you got some nice ink on that right arm. First of all, who did it for you and what's the theme of the tattoo? As a fellow uh, heavily tattooed um, guy in me, <laughs> I uh, I got it done by uh, Billy Joe in uh, Grand Rapids. There, it's about an hour away from school. Found a found a really good artist there who does some good work for some for for a reasonable price. And so I uh, spent more money than I than I wanted to. But uh, <laughs> no, I mean I I love it. Uh, it's uh, just just stuff that that uh, just values of mine. You know, stuff that when I look at it, I. I think about it and it reminds me to keep pushing or reminds me of family or whatever meaning I've, I've placed behind it. So, uh, no, it's, uh, I like tattoos a lot and I'm probably going to go get some more here. Well, there's yeah. a lot of great tattoo artists in Philadelphia. I can turn you on to a few. Um, it's a good tattoo. Uh, city. That'd be awesome. 
Uh, um, the other the thing arm. is to, you did the smart thing. You full sleeve the right arm because the left arm always goes out the window in the car. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's <laughs> <laughs> good thinking, man. Uh, but uh, you, you got to fill up that left hand, that left arm uh, with new memories that you're going to make as a professional hockey player. Hey, we, we really appreciate you joining this. Best of luck uh, through the pandemic and when everything comes back. A lot of people looking forward to seeing you play. A lot of people excited that you got that contract done. We appreciate you taking time here on Flyers Daily, and we'll look for you soon. Absolutely. I appreciate the phone call. Thanks to Wade Allison for joining us. Thanks to Kim Dillaboff for joining us as well. Again, coming up on Wednesday, another player profile episode, and it'll be the one and only. This guy loves to talk, and I love talking to him. It'll be Travis Konechny coming up on Wednesday, Michael Raffle coming up on Friday. Thanks for listening to Flyers Daily. Everyone, leave us a rating and review, and stay healthy. Chicago. Be better on the rise and follow with me.